Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home News Radio 840 WHAS Good Sunday morning Bob Sekuller, the Louisville Real Estate Show Here with you until the uh, top of the hour We've got a lot of stuff, a lot of questions that are coming in So let's get right to it First we introduce Kevin Disler, who's with Pitt and Frank Attorneys. You can pick, you can pick the attorney you want to close with when you're buying a home. And Kevin and his group are among the best. You can reach Pitt and Frank at 895-9900. Also here, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. They're actually the number one home team inspection service in the country seven years in a row. They come in as a team. You can reach Brad and his team at 844 844- 411 team and my son greg who does our marketing photography and so much more joining us and of course you can reach me bob sicola anytime if you'd like me to come out we do a consult free of charge no obligation just talk about what the plan might be to get you on the market and sold quickly and on your time schedule uh, all you need to do is give me a call at 376-5483 that's 376-5483 among the news here in june Interest in home remodeling surged. You may remember during the pandemic, we've talked about that, but homeowners may not be happy with results of their house projects, pointing to the high expenses and the strain on relationships, which anybody who has built or has remodeled knows that is a real factor, the strain on a relationship. One third of about 600 respondents recently surveyed said they regret their remodel, according to the survey, and uh, They hate the fact that they had to personally finance it, usually through a credit card or a home equity loan. So they got. I thought Bob was going to say they regret the relationship and or no, no, no. (laughs) but the decision to buy a house with somebody and try to remodel it when they said they knew how to do these things and they did turn out not to be so handy. It's a problem, Um, and and also we should point out we're seeing home sales slow refi and financing of homes has slowed kevin you and i were just talking a moment before we went on the air that uh the the uh, new co- new loans have slowed down i guess and that's because of interest rates going up uh now homes are becoming more plentiful so any of the buyers who are listening to us you can get off the fence there their homes now that you uh, may find as your dream home so all right well let's get to the questions we're doing our zoom uh, program so what that basically means is pretty standard these days for us is that we ask you to send us an email, bob at com. put radio question in the subject line of the actual question in the body of the email, send it to me, and we'll put it on the air. We record our shows, put them back up on YouTube, and you can see those recorded shows by going to louisvilleanswers.com. That's louisvilleanswers.com. Jimmy sent us an email, Brad. He said he was buying a home had an inspection done, which included a mold inspection. Mm-hmm. The mold levels came back high, and the inspector recommends that they pull up all the carpeting and install a HEPA filter. He's wondering, how serious of a problem is mold if he's coughing, wheezing, sneezing? How is it tested, and what level should there be if there's any action needed? Okay, well, that's a great question because there are a lot of people that are doing mold testing that don't have any idea what they're doing out there. Wow. I will wow. just say that. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, we will do as a company, we'll do over 200 mold investigations every year. So what you're doing is you're t- 
taking mold, uh, you're taking air samples. So, but the, the, the challenge is, is there's some tests out there that are just kind of an all in one kind of kit that will uh, gauge the level of mold in the house, but they're not comparing it to a control sample outside. So you got to make sure that it, <clears throat> when you're talking to an inspector or someone that's gathering mold samples, that they understand what the protocol is. You have to have a control sample from outside to compare to, but <clears throat> there are, um, People who are hypersensitive to, to molds or people with toxicity to molds or hypersensitivity. So um, some people, you know, uh, just a few spores of alternaria can set them off into hay fever-like uh, concerns. Um, a lot of uh, aspergillus, penicillium are in homes that are water damaged. Uh, you know, we see like right now, the city of spores, which are mushrooms, it's those spores that eject from mushrooms. They are out. Um, they're getting on dogs and kids and coming into the house and people are, are having uh, allergic reactions to those, ketomium, cladosporium. There's a lot of molds that just are naturally occurring outside that you don't want inside. Uh, so the, the, the trick is make sure your house stays dry. Don't let any water come into the house. Take care of roof leaks. Take care of any leaks in the basement uh, in order to cut down on the, the mold growth. Um, that was a long answer to a short question, but um, I can talk mold all day. Well, if you don't know Brad's bona fides, if you're watching the show, if you look over his, I guess it would be his left shoulder, yeah, there's shoulder, a yeah. fungal uh, cultures uh, map of all sorts of different fun fungal yeah. cultures, which I'm sure Brad could go into a day-long detail on each one. Yes, I, I, I could. I'd love to, but probably not on for the radio on a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, Sunday so, morning. Please. So how serious of a problem is mold? For our listeners, like I'm coughing or wheezing, is this a chance that I've got mold going down here? It's possible. I mean, I was at a, I was at a home just the other day that the family has been sick for about three months. Um, you know, we we are waiting for the the lab reports to come back. Um, it's very likely that their house, uh, which is an older house that's got some water getting into it, it's very likely that they have a mold issue. Now, the challenge is finding you know what the source is. Um, you know, it could be the contents of the house. Um, you know. I don't know that I would ever recommend someone just pulling up carpets arbitrarily, but, you know, would it be worth cleaning those carpets um, as a starting point to it? Possibly. If the molds that are found would be found, you know, in, in carpet fibers, because the lab reports will tell us the type of molds. Once we know that, then we know where the, the sources of those might be. Right. Um, oftentimes, it's just wet houses that are causing those, those um, sicknesses. So some hey, quick questions, but let me, and I'll let you jump in here in a second, Kev. Mold, is it serious enough where it will cause health issues or is there, are there different types of molds? So there are different types of molds. Different people have different sensitivity levels to molds. So like I had a, I had a client a couple of years ago that said, if you find one alternaria spore in the house, my doctor told me I have to move out because he had such a hypersensitivity to oh, yeah. that type of mold. I mean, Brad, you know, one of our clients that we worked with, um, yeah. we just finally built them a house. It was like a three or four year process. They sourced yeah. every material in the home to make sure they were specific mold resistance, uh, yes. organic, non-off-gassing paints. We did, we've got, there's a whole video, you can check my Instagram page about how we did it. We had Brad and, and we have another team, microanalytics involved. Mold is can be very dangerous. My son was just in the hospital for asthmatic issues just for a virus. These things, for some who you don't know if they go undiagnosed, absolutely can be yeah. causing, you know. Well, that's a question I was getting from a, from a liability standpoint. We always hear the quote-unquote black mold. You know, if someone actually sees, is that actually dangerous? So, so black mold is actually, it's the real name of it is Stachybotrys. Uh, Stachybotrys is a mycotoxin. 
So mycotoxin has a different type of um, uh, reaction in the body. Most people are going to react to a mycotoxin like stachybotrys, uh, but yes, it's the same type of allergic reaction that we would have, the hay fever type of, of reaction. It can make you very sick, um, but it's not anything that I would, you know, you know, say, you know, burn the house on. These things can all be remediated, um, even if you do find that quote-unquote black mold. Most of the stuff that you see that's black is not stachybotrys. Stachybotrys typically is going to look kind of well, greenish, um, is what it normally uh, uh, looks like out there. But even then, there's different you know species within you know stachybotrys. All right. So costs then to get a mold test. You know, we're doing, you know, a lot of people are doing it preventively when they're buying a house. You know, you're probably talking about, you know, 300 bucks, you know, 350, 400 bucks uh, to do just about any type of mold test out there. Depends on how many samples you're taking, depends on whether or not you're taking direct lifts. So if you see visible mold, we'll take a, a tape. A tape sample, we'll stick it directly on the mold, pull it off, put it on a slide uh, that the lab reads. So it's just, it, every, everything's just dependent on the number of samples you need. But I would say 350 to 400 is going to take care of most any of them. There's more advanced tests like ERMI, like we had to run for uh, Greg's client. ERMI tests are a little bit more expensive. Uh, they're a uh, historic test looking at dust um, in the house to see what's been there over a course of time, which for some people is very important. So what about treatments to the house? What I guess there's a lot of yeah. expense that could be involved. What's the basic that anybody listening now can take away and think about? So mold needs three things to grow. It needs a, it needs a temperature that the mold likes, which unfortunately is the same temperature we like. It needs a surface to grow on, a surface to feed on, and it needs water. So the, there's three legs of the stool. As long as you take one of the legs away, which is usually taking the water away, mold cannot grow. The spores will remain. It's not the spores won't disappear, but once the water goes, it can't continue to grow. So remediation typically means you remove the material. So if it's drywall that you see the mold on, you're just cutting out the drywall, you know, checking behind it, you know, treating any any wood um, maybe that's gotten wet behind it um, before you seal the hole back up. So it's it's actually mold remediation is less expensive than termite remediation. You know, so it, it's it's relatively inexpensive. Um, there are a lot of companies in town that treat, uh, that actually do the mold remediation, but they're going to all start with removing water uh, from the equation. Got it. If uh, you would like us to come out and do a an evaluation on selling your home, not mold remediation, but selling, free, no obligation, a couple of ways to do it, easiest one. You can go to the website, bobsellmyhome.com. That's bobsellmyhome.com. Fill out the information and I will get to you. Or you can call me, 376-5483. That's 376-5483. Yes, but if, and if you are interested in building a home and you have mold or allergy issues, we've got a great team and great experience in our past doing so. So you can also give Bob a call as well. He'll reach out to us and we'll, we'll get you set up. All right. Kevin, this one's for you. Keith All sent right. us an email. His neighbor planted an oak tree a number of years ago and it's now 35 feet tall i wonder how many years it would take for it to grow 35 feet and a good portion of that tree now hangs over on keith's property he's wondering can he ask the neighbor to that keith himself cut down the branches and leaves or is there any law that requires the neighbor to do that and if he does it himself can he lop off those branches without talking to his neighbor just goes up there, hires the crew and goes up. What's the law to keep him safe? 
Well, I, I think I had to deal with this issue uh, just recently. And um, technically, and again, I think the first thing is to probably talk to your neighbor. You talked about just going out and doing self-help. I think it's always best to uh, talk to your neighbor and see if you can come up with a solution. But anything that's hanging over your property line, you have the right to prune back. Um, nothing this question that was presented suggested that the, the tree had any issues uh, where, you know, if it was uh, sick, uh, or was in rather poor shape and was a danger of coming down. It kind of comes to a different issue about putting them on notice of a nuisance that could potentially damage property or even life. Um, and actually the courts in Kentucky kind of do it a little difference between an urban area and a rural area on that. And in an urban area, like we all inhabit, what you would do if you did find a tree that you considered not to be in the best of health, and that presented a possible risk of property damage or, or, you know, personal damage to you or your family, that you can put the adjoining property owner on notice uh, of the of the potential issue. And if, if they do have a, a problem with it, it's up to them to go ahead and take care of the situation or have liability for it. Sometimes you can notify their insurance agent or insurance company that uh, this nuisance does, you know, pretty much exist on their property and the insurance company may make them address the issue because we had a gentleman the other day and it was involving that the root system was on his property and technically he would have the right to cut into the root because it's on his property but then he's got a situation did he intentionally cause damage to the tree which would then create a possible risk to his property and some neighbors mm. so sometimes again the best approach is to get with the neighbor have professionals come in and look at the situation and hopefully prune the tree so that it does not cause damage to the health of the tree. All right, so that's a long-winded answer. No, no, but that's a, there's an interesting question that a follow-up. So if Keith brings in a company or he does it himself, he prunes the tree, like, for example, I have a, a neighbor whose branches are hanging over on my property. If I trim the tree, I don't have to, based on what you said, I don't have to ask him permission, but you should. But I should. What happens if it kills the tree? Where where that's, does it go from there? That's an interesting question. If you if you damage and perhaps kill the tree, it's your actions. You you have the right to do it, but you did you do it in a reasonable manner. And if you had not done it in a reasonable manner, like you just go up on a ladder with a chainsaw on your own versus hiring a professional arborist and you kill the tree, are you responsible for that? Uh, th that's a good question. Like this gentleman was talking about, if I cut out the roof system. It kills a tree. Am I going to be responsible not only for the death of the tree, but any damage incurred to my house uh, and perhaps the neighbor's house because I did this? So, again, talk to the neighbor, hire a professional arborist, determine the condition of the tree, make sure anything that you do is done in a reasonable manner so as not to create a situation that could cause harm to you or the neighbor. And if you hire an arborist, they do the trimming of the tree and that kills the tree. Are they the ones on the hook then, or are you still on the hook? Oh, look, I'm just telling, I'm sure we got listeners who are wondering. Yeah, it's some interesting questions on that. I think that you have the right to act like when you go on the street and drive your car, but even though you have the right to do it, you have to do it in a reasonable manner so not so as not to injure others. So again, if you hire a licensed professional to do it, and they do it, and um, I'm sure they are well insured because we've had a few cases where they're trying to take down a tree and it falls on a house. So they are well insured. So again, if they act reasonably and the tree dies, I, I think then you're pretty much off the hook at that point. But 
again, it kind of gets into issues. You have the right to act on your property, but there are consequences if you do so. So you always are kind of required to conduct yourself in a reasonable manner. And again, if you do it by yourself. Worst case scenario, you know, oak trees, Bob, your original question, they grow one to three feet per year. So, you know, just plant a new one and wait it out and you'll have another. Well, it it creates real issues because you have the root systems that are growing to the adjoining property septic system. This Mm -hmm. particular root system is going into the garage. And, you know, if the neighbor doesn't do anything about it, it's going to destroy your garage. So did you did then do you cut the root system and possibly kill the tree that then falls on the garage? And then your insurance company decides, since it was your action, they don't pay? Well, I'll go one step further. A couple of weeks ago, the neighbor comes over to me and says, hey, this tree over here is leaning. It's on his property. He says, you may want to move your car and not park it right there, because if it comes down, it could hit your tree. So now he says he's going to get somebody to look at it and maybe take it out. That's on his property. But now he's told me if the car is parked there and it comes down on the car, is he no longer responsible since he's told me that there's a potential problem? There's another question. War- I think he's just warning you. Uh, Let's hear what the legal well, side But, but you know, technically, you know, and there was the case that came out that distinguished between rural and urban areas. And I'm assuming, Bob, you live in an urban area, mm-hmm. which is you're supposed to write a letter to your neighbor yeah. right, by certified mail, certified putting mail. them on notice of the condition. And once you do so, then your neighbor's liable. And actually, it's a little different in a rural area unless they changed it. But that's what you'd have to do. And again, the better approach is grab a cup of coffee, go talk to your neighbor, yeah. th- this hypothetical neighbor, and see if that you can work it out. Maybe have an arborist come in and, and professionally address the problem. I got news for you. For Keith, who had the question, and for me, no hypothetical about this. This is real life stuff. <laughs> Hopefully, our listeners found this interesting. I'm fa- for the first half of the show between the mold and the trees, fascinating stuff. We're going to take a break. Uh, again, with us, Kevin Dissler, Pitt & Frank Attorneys, 895-9900. Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 844-411-TEAM. My son, Greg, does our marketing, photography, and so much more. And you can reach me anytime, day or night, even after the show, 376-5483. I'll come out. We can have a talk of a plan of what to do to get your home on the market and sold. No obligation, no cost to have me out there. That's what I do. We're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, the area's largest home inspection company. Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, inspect thousands of homes in Louisville and southern Indiana each year. And team makes all the difference. Extra sets of eyes and overlapping duties means a more thorough inspection and better value for you. Multiple teams mean we're able to inspect your home when you need it. Radon testing, home inspection, termite reports, one call does it all. Get the team, get home team. Pitt and Frank has been serving your community for over 30 years in real estate closings and our title professionals educate the real estate industry both locally and throughout the state. Tell your loan officer and realtor to close with Pitt and Frank where we pride ourselves on being your trusted real estate closing expert. Pitt and Frank, signed, sealed and delivered at 502-895-9900. That's 502-895-9900. 
Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I built the number one brokerage firm in New York City by marketing luxury homes to the most qualified buyers. What makes the difference today in your area? The same thing, custom marketing to the right buyers. In Louisville, the agents with the best marketing plan are Bob and Greg Sokola. Their personalized marketing sells more homes for more money. If they can't find the right buyer on your deadline, they will buy it. Get the best marketing for your home. Go to WeSellLouisville.com and put more money in your pocket. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sekoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show, back with you till the top of the hour. Brad Lawler here, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 844-411-TEAM. They do a great job getting in, getting you inspected as a team, and getting the report right to you. Also, Kevin Dissler, Pitt & Frank Attorneys. You can pick the attorney you want to close your loan, and Pitt & Frank is among the best in our area. You can reach them at 895-9900. My son, Greg who does our marketing, photography, and a whole lot more. And, of course, me, you can reach me, Bob Sekoler, to come out. We come up with a plan to list and sell your home and get it on the market, if you'd like, at 376-5483. I was watching the news the other day, and there pops up the commercial with Greg and myself and Barbara Corcoran, and we thank Barbara for being a mentor. And we really had a great time the last time we were up in New York, by the way, Greg, just FYI, put it on your calendar. I don't have the date yet, but we're, we got another meeting up with her later on this summer. So Ooh, that we'll, we'll oh be talking man. about that. No, I got yeah, to yeah, get going up there again. When Barbara calls, are we come and answer? And, all right, <laughs> let's, let's keep going forward. This is a question, I believe, that um, for both Brad, you and for uh, Kevin. Spectre has a problem. He needs our help. He sent this email. He says, I'm selling my house. I have a contract on it. The inspection is coming this Wednesday. I just found out that the buyer wants to be there without me being there or my realtor or her realtor being there. Now, Spectre says that worries me because apparently his mom had something similar happen, and his mom believes the buyer went through the jewelry, took at least one or two items, uh, again, that's Spectre's talking. Spectre's the seller, correct? Spectre is the seller. He says, I'm, am I required, Kevin, to be there or not be there, let the buyer be by herself? And then uh, we'll get over to you, Brad, and talk a little bit about from the inspector's side. So, Kevin, from a legal position, can, can Spectre insist that he stays at the house, even though the buyer's requested that he not be at the house? Well, I think we're talking about the the home, the potential home buyer being there with the inspector without the presence of the listing agent or the, the buyer's, buyer's agent, agent, right? Yeah, or the homeowner. I, I just, you know, you were talking about theft. You talking about narcotics too. I mean, that's been yeah. a lot of incidences where they steal items out of the uh, the medicine cabinet, and I just think in that situation that you have to have someone there. Um, again, the agent is subject to licensure rules. They have insurance. Uh, I think 
you're well within your right to require the buyer's agent to be there. I think sometimes on behalf of buyers, they think that perhaps the buyer's agent, the list agents are pushing the deal so hard that perhaps they will try to indicate the homeowners, the home inspector uh, would be unduly pressured by the presence of one of the agents there. So that's the mindset. But just from a liability standpoint, you're talking about theft. You're talking about stealing narcotics. It's actually for the buyer's interest that they have an independent party there as well, because sure. what happens if uh, some opiates are taken from the property, even if the buyer didn't have anything to do with it, uh, you don't want to have cameras rolling the full time uh, without the consent of the buyer. So, you know, and let's, and let's remember, so though, real quick, just circumstantially before we go over to Brad, is that this could all be just hearsay. Let's say the listing agent said, hey, the buyer wants to be in there alone. And now the seller's saying, oh, they want to be in there with nobody by themselves. And and for Kevin's point of like being weary, and we've had this before, we, we've heard of stories before where people will go in. Usually it's on a showing that the narcotics or jewelry is showed. After you have a contract where you have pretty much, you know, your pre-approval, your name, all those sorts of things kind of tied in, skin in the game, probably a deposit there. Chances are the the stealing of things isn't going to happen. And it might just be a miscommunication of the timing of, they just want to be with the inspector alone. And now let's go to Brad and see what type of precautions and what, what you guys say. Obviously, let's flow into that. Brad? Yeah. So it is unusual for us to do an inspection with the seller at home. It's it's just it's not it's not common. That being said, during COVID, we had quite a few inspections that the sellers were there, and that's okay. We worked around them. You know, we just agreed the areas we were going to inspect first, and they went and basically, you know, locked themselves into that area after we were done. So I think as long as everybody knows up front what's going on, we will not send a team into a home with just a minor in the house. We're never going to do that. So in those cases, we would want to make sure the listing agent is there. If the parents can't be, that's going to be the only time we would do that. Sometimes a listing agent will sit in the house. We don't really have any issues with that. A lot of the high-end homes that we inspect will have the listing agents sitting there, and that's fine. Um, it's not... Um, you know, I'd say it's probably maybe 50-50 that a buyer's agent is there with the buyers and the buyer's agents are not. I know there's different opinions on whether the agent should be there. We always love the agents to be there just because they can be, you know, educated about what we're finding the same. And so they can kind of help interpret for their clients because you speak the client's language a little bit better than the inspector. So we can work through any of those situations. Um, you know, fortunately, we've not had any any situations where things have been stolen or there's been any accusations of things being stolen by, you know, the inspectors kind of I think to Greg's point, the buyers are are known. So it's a pretty limited party group of people that you not, know would be not to mention out. with you guys specifically in a group of vets. I don't think anybody's trying yeah. anything funny. Well, <laughs> you know, and but we go in doing the inspection, we just assume that we're on camera. You know, we just we just have the assumption that you know we're being recorded. And now if a seller is in the house when we do our walk through, uh, we will actually leave the house, go to the driveway, go down the street to a coffee shop um, to, to discuss those findings with the client so that we're not around the the listing agent or the, uh, the seller at that time. Let me ask you a quick question. Have you ever felt, or any of you guys or gals, feel pressured by the agent during the home inspection? Is that something no, that you face? No. No, I, I, you know, I think that because just of the experience that we have, I, I think that we can kind of roll with pretty much anything that comes up. The pressure 
you know, on us really comes from the buyer's parents. You know, those are the ones that, you know, want to help out. They want to protect their, their, their kids. If anybody, the buyer's parents are the ones that, you know, would try to exert pressure. And typically in that case, we're going to hand them a flashlight and a tape measure and say, go see what you can find, report back to us the things so that we can go take a look at them. We just want to, we just want to keep them busy, keep them part of the, uh, part of the process. Yeah. Right? The last thing that any agent or home inspector or attorney wants to do is alienate the parents because they ultimately have their son or daughter's best interest at heart. And certainly if they think you're trying to alienate them, the red flag would go up. I would know it. And for the meme generation, there's a really funny meme of like a golfer crouching down, looking at his golf putt. He's on a crouch position. It's like the, and it's the, the father of the potential buyer looking under the scope for no damn reason. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) well, I got to tell you this one very fast. This was a great show guys. Uh, Do you want to say something, Kev? I I didn't want to cut you off or or Brent. No, I just said, uh, make sure that we give dad a flashlight so we can see under the yeah, soap, right? Yes, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> if you're thinking of uh, selling your home, we have a free no obligation booklet. It has hundreds of useful tips. Uh, Greg actually put it together. He did a great job with this. If you want a copy, send me an email, bob at we and put the word selling tips in the subject line. I will send that right out to you again, free of charge, no obligation. Our thanks to Kevin Disler, Pitt and Frank Attorneys, 895 9900. Also, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 844 411 Team. My son, Greg, who does our marketing, photography, and so much more. And you can reach me anytime. Uh, even right after the show at uh, 376-5483. That's 376-5483. We're out of time. See you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAN.